Well, good morning. That was an awesome video, and we are so excited because summer's on the horizon, and Mega is almost here. If you're new here and you're not, you don't know what Mega is, Mega is our big sports and arts week for the kids in the church, but the kids in the community as well. There's all great tracks that can be a part of it, and we need you. Um, some of you volunteered already, ready. some of you might like be looking for ways to plug in. These are great ways to plug in. If you're not able to volunteer, you can still be a part of it. When you walk out of either door, you'll see some fishnets. Stop by the fishnets, and you'll see supplies that are needed for our mega this year. Take off one of the fish off of those, and you can, you can help by providing some of the needs this year. And also, if you have a youngster in elementary age, or you know someone in the community that would love to be a part of this, help spread the word. It's time to start getting them registered for mega. And uh, spots fill up pretty quick, so make sure you let the kids in your area know about this and go online and, and sign up right now. If you're online, you're seeing the drop tab right now where you can, you can plug in and be a part of what's going on. So don't miss one of our greatest summer events and happenings. Make sure you are a part of it and make sure every kid you know come and be a part of it. But right now, as we prepare our hearts and our minds for this message, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven... We just come before you right now, and we thank you because of how good you are. And Lord, we know that all of us are coming into this room, into this space, or turning on online, and we all have something going on in our life. Maybe it's good things, maybe it's a challenging thing, or somewhere in between. And Lord, right now, I just pray that you give us the ability to just, whatever's consuming our hearts and our mind, just lay it at your feet Break down any walls of defensiveness that we may have, that we may experience you today. Speak to us in a whole new way. To your name we pray. Amen. You know, social media is the land where everyone's life is amazing. Have you ever seen that? I mean, you go on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and you think, wow, that person's life is amazing. I wish my life was like that. I wish everything there was perfect. You know, even the pictures seem so perfect. And then we, don't, we begin to forget to realize that probably every picture that person posted, they probably spent an hour editing that, per that photo in order for all the def defects to be out of that picture. Why? So they can put the image of perfection. Life is good. I mean, we become great photo editors, and every one of us photoshops our life into the social media world to try to hide all the defects of me and my life and my family or whatever might be going on so that we can put on this mirage that we have it all together. And we know, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, None of us has it all together. And we're lying to ourselves and we're lying to the world. It's all in this pursuit of happiness. The, this idea that in order to be happy, our lives need to be perfect. And if we don't create our perfect little world, then we're not happy. But my friends, happiness is not found in perfection. In fact, you bring more frustration into your life the more you try to have perfection in your life because it's not possible. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And so often when we struggle and all these struggles rise up within us, we begin to wrestle with God. 
because we think our lives should be perfect like what we see in social media world and all these beautiful photo edited pictures out there. And we think if my life's not perfect like that, then something's wrong with me. And then we start getting mad at God because we feel we let, he let us down. And we read verses like in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And sometimes you read verses like that and you get frustrated with God because then you begin to ask the question, plans for me? My life's a mess. What do you, where's the plans you've got for me, God? Where, when are you going to help me to prosper in my life, in my relationships, in my job, whatever it may be? Because we look and we compare ourselves to the photo-edited world that's all around us, and we don't match up with the perfection that people are deceiving us with that their lives are, and it's really not. And we compare ourselves with that. We get into the comparison trap, and all we see in our life, when we look in our unedited version of myself in the mirror, all we see is brokenness, disappointment, and dissatisfaction. And then there we are. And all I see in me are the defects, and I see nothing good. And then all this does is it models our view of God's plan for us. It models what God wants to be doing in our life and through our life, his path, what it means for us. And then we begin to think, well, I mean, I see those verses, those plans to prosper us, to, to have a future for us, and you know what? I don't think his plans or his path is possible for me. And we begin to shift our thought process to that. And we think, you know what, maybe the Bible's not that accurate because it doesn't seem like that is possible for my life because my life is not as perfect as that photo edited picture I see on Facebook. And we go down this path. And all this does is this develops a struggle that leads to dysfunction in our lives and in our relationships, and in our world. You see, it all starts with the struggle. And that struggle that we face is my will versus God's will. And that's our battle. We're constantly in. I want to find happiness in my life, and I think happiness is based upon perfection or achieving what I think I need to achieve in this life, in my relationship or in my job or whatever it may be. And if I don't achieve it, my will, then I'm not happy. And before you know it, we're in a struggle, this wrestling match with God versus my will and his will. And we base all of our happiness on our own achievements compared to our unedited version and Photoshop of me. And this leads to the question... What is happiness? What is happiness and how do I obtain it? That's the cycle we're all in. And all this does, the more we do not define what that is, the more we don't live out what that means for us, and the more we live in a life that's wrestling between my will and God's will, this creates a struggle and the struggle creates conflict in our relationships. And here we are. Dysfunction after dysfunction after dysfunction. And can I just be honest? Every one of us has a level of dysfunction in our life and in our home. 
So you're not a bad person. You're not a horrible person. You're not other than or less than anybody else because there's dysfunction in your home. We all have it. But we just need to be honest with it. We can't heal from it. We can't grow from it. We can't move on from it if we're not honest with it. We got to be real with the reality of what is. And we all are on this, this path to happiness. But we think it's the pursuit of my will, my happiness. And this all comes at the cost of our relationships. The more you chase your will, you're costing relationships in your life. Your relationship with God and your relationship with others. Because you, everything we do affects everything around us. And all it develops is dysfunction. Did you know even in Bible times, they were on the same journey to try to find happiness in our life. And even as you read the Bible, you begin to see the heart of God. And the heart of God is this. This will blow you away because we don't think this is what it is. God's heart for you is to bring the ultimate happiness into your life. It's just how do you obtain it? How do you achieve it? What does that look like? In the Bible, it uses the word blessed. And blessed is just, a, is just a way that the Bible says to bring happiness. You know, when you read the Gospels, you see the word to be blessed. That means bringing happiness, joy into your life, good things into your life. All throughout the Bible, God is showing, I want to bring the ultimate joy into your life. But what is that? And here we are, God's heart versus our heart. And when we struggle with this, when we don't see that his will is bring joy into our life that's beyond the physical happiness that we're trying to obtain or the Photoshop lives that we want, that it's eternal happiness, the problem is when we pursue our will, all we find ourselves doing is manipulating happiness in our life. And we're constantly frustrated constantly frustrated you know when we go in the bible there's a family that that walked this line many great things happened through this family but this family was full of dysfunction it started with abraham down to isaac to jacob and his his the generations that follow him you read genesis and you're thinking this is the lineage of the world this family is dysfunctional. Yeah, they are. And so am I. And so are you. And there's a lot of lessons I think we see here. And in fact, this story plays out with Isaac as he passes on blessings to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It's written in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20. By faith, uh, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. And this blessing was all about bringing good things into their life, a future of hope and promise of many nations that would come through them. And this blessing, though, this blessing, though, came through a very awkward and dysfunctional way. You see, this family story, as we go through this family story, is really a story about one of the boys, and his name is Jacob. Jacob was messed up. I'm just going to be honest with you. He was messed up because deep within him 
was this desire to bring happiness into his life. And his whole story is about manipulating happiness in his life. And all it brought was fear and anxiety and broken relationships in return. And that's exactly what we see happen in our life and our world all the time. We try to manipulate our own happiness at the cost of everything around us. And we wonder what's wrong. Jacob's name actually means deceiver or grabber. He was grabbing for whatever he could get a hold of. He was a manipulator in everything that he, just about everything he did. And his story was just struggle after struggle after struggle. He received the blessing. He received the accolades that he was trying to get to become a a man of a great nation that many nations would come from him. Yet behind all these scenes, behind all these great promises of a tremendous future, we see a man that was full of fear and anxiety. And he constantly responded and acted throughout his journey with fear and anxiety, fear and anxiety. And at a pivotal point in his journey, in his life, Jacob was about to meet his brother Esau, who Esau previously declared, I am going to kill Jacob. Why? Because Jacob manipulated daddy to get the inheritance that Esau deserved. See, going back, this all plays out in Genesis uh, 27 and the, ver- and the chapters that are following, you can go back and read the story in more uh, detail. But Jacob, uh, or, I'm sorry, Isaac was, was knew that he was about to die. Death was coming upon him. And at this time, it was time to pass the inheritance, pass the blessings. And at that time, they would, they would pass it to their firstborn son. He would be the one to receive it all. So he brought Esau in, hairy man that Esau was, who worked the land and, and got all the, the, all the meals out there by, by the, the, the livestock or, or the wild game. And he said, Esau, I'm about to die. I want to pass my blessing on to you. Go out, get the best wild game, and make the best meal exactly how you know I like it. All righty. He went out to the fields to, to hunt. Mom heard everything that was going on, and her favorite was Jacob, and she ran and grabbed Jacob. Jacob, guess what's going on? So this is what we need you to do. Go get a goat. I'm going to prepare the goat just like Daddy wants it, okay? And then you go take it to him and pretend you're Esau because Isaac was, could not see anymore. And you pretend you're Esau. And Jacob's like, wait, but Esau, he's hairy, man. How's that going to work? She goes, okay, I'll take the goat skin and we'll put the goat skin on your hands and your arms and your neck. And then that way when he touches you, he'll feel all the fur and he'll know, you know that then you're good to go. And so he did that. He said, okay. You see, there's some part in our journey taking a step outside of the story that I think we need to relate to. The opportunity to manipulate our own happiness and to surround ourselves with people who will... Um, push us or entertain what we want them to entertain or support the direction we want to go, that's easy. You can find all the people you want to support whatever direction you want to go, but it does not make it right. It does not make it right. The opportunities to do wrong and to manipulate happiness in our life is always there. 
The difference is when those opportunities come, the people of integrity choose a different path. At this point, Jacob had that choice. He had that choice. He said, you know what? I want the blessing. I want that. And he put on the goat skin. He went into daddy, offered this meal that mommy cooked. Isaac was like, dude, this is amazing. How did you go find the game so fast? I mean, you went out there and hunted like that. How did you do that? I'm just, I just got it, dad. God blessed me. Wait, are you, is that really Esau? Yeah. Okay, let me touch you. Wow, you are hairy like Esau. Let me give you a kiss. Oh, I smell you, Esau, because he put on Esau's garment too. And at that moment, he blessed him. And then Esau came back from the field, made the wild game, came and brought it to daddy. And daddy's like, wait, who are you? And all of a sudden, they realized what had happened. Verses 35 and 36 but he said, Isaac said to Esau, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. And Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved anything, any blessing for me? His dad told him, no, sorry, you get the scraps. Jacob's going to be blessed. And Esau was so deeply hurt, so full of anger. And then we see the, the steamroll happen and the dysfunction play out in this home. Verse 41, Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given to him. And he said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. And then I'm going to kill Jacob. And at the point, Jacob was on the run. The family was divided. The home was broken. He got the blessing, but what was the cost? And in our own efforts to achieve our own happiness, to get our own accolade, you may get it. You may manipulate your own path to try to obtain the happiness that you think you want, but what's the cost? Everything you do affects your relationships with God and with others. Everything. And the more we try to manipulate our own path, the more we bring dysfunction into our life and into our relationships. You see, dysfunction develops the more we pursue ourselves. The more you pursue your will, the more you try to manipulate the path to adjust to what you want the more you bring dysfunction into your life, in your home, and in your relationships. And the big reason for this is because we think the stuff of earth is what brings happiness into our life. If I have love this way, if I achieve this job, if I do whatever, and we become a nation, or I'm sorry, we become a people, a world, that's all about we fly our flags for whatever has the allegiance of our heart, and we fly them all over the place, and we stake hold to the flag of whatever we want to be allegiant to, but the Bible says we are to be allegiant to nothing else but God who died for us. And anytime something else becomes the allegiance of our heart, we're manipulating happiness for our life, and we are, we are in that wrestling match of my will versus God's will, and he has something better for you. 
I, like Jacob, so often want to manipulate my own path for my own gain. Because for some crazy reason, I think what I am trying to obtain will bring me happiness when guess what? It might for a little while, but it fades. It doesn't sustain happiness. And all it does, the more I try to manipulate my own path, the more I try to break down the door of what I want, the more I just try to surround those around me who will agree with what I want to make myself happy, it just brings more dysfunction into my life and my relationships. You see, dysfunction, that's all it does. It just brings emotional turbulence and insecurities. That's what it does. And many of us are living these secret lives of emotional turbulence, insecurities, fears, and anxieties while we're putting on the photoshopped, edited view of who we are out there for the world to see, but secretly we're wrestling, we're struggling. And we don't talk about it. And this is what we see play out in Jacob's life. He pushed for his own path to happiness. He got the accolades, but his life was full of fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety. And every relationship over and over again was broken, was broken, was broken. And for so many of us, anxiety has become more of the norm of our lives than anything else. Yet we photoshopped a picture of us to a nice version for everybody to think we've got it all together. We don't. Deep down, come on guys, deep down, you're still that little boy. You're still that little girl trying to run from all the fears and anxieties that are consuming you. I know it. Let's stop hiding from it. You've got to be real with it. The Bible says to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The Bible says, stop running from all your fears and anxiety. Stop saying, well, this is just normal. It's okay for me to be, have anxiety. Yes, you're, you're not other than or less than because you have fears or anxiety in your life. But you're also not created to just consume them and hide them and conceal it. The Bible says, cast it on him. Give it to him. Be real with it. You don't have to live with anxiety. You don't have to live in complete fear. That's not healthy. But in order to deal with it, you need to be honest with it and give it over to God and surround yourself with others who will walk with you in that. The Bible says that Jacob ran for so many years in his life. He ran from what caused him anxiety. He ran from his family. He ran from the dysfunction in his life. Every relationship in his life began to break down. And he began to operate in denial that the dysfunction was even there. You know, listen to me, my friends. You're not a bad person because you have dysfunction in your life. We all have it. So stop hiding from it. Stop pretending. Really quickly, here's some signs that if there's this function in your life that, that you need to have. Because I think sometimes we live in denial. Jacob was living in denial for a certain point that I'm good, I'm happy, everything's great. Because he was man manipulating his reality. But you know what signs of a relational dysfunction? If there's high levels of conflict in your relationships. 
there's dysfunction. Conflict does happen. Conflict is a normal part of every relationship. But when it constantly comes and escalates and escalates and it's uncontrollable, guess what? There's dysfunction that you need to deal with. Maybe it's a battle of control or, or imbalance of power. You know, no healthy relationship is about controlling or being manipulative with other people or lacking respect. This is a sign of dysfunction. Or if you find yourself disengaging emotionally, like when you know it's going down that path, I don't want to deal with it, and you just walk away, you find some other hobby to take you away from what you need to deal with in your home or in your life, there's probably some dysfunction that you need to be honest with, that you need to deal with. Or when it gets to the very bad spot, there's blame and resentment. Can I just be honest with you? If you're in a relationship, and especially a married relationship, where blame and resentment has become the norm, you better sound the sirens because you are in crisis mode. And you need help. That's not a bad thing. But we need to be honest. If we're not honest, we can't go down the path of healing and restoration. For Jacob... It came at a pivotal, pivotal point in his life when he was about to reunite with his brother. After everything that's happened, but anxiety was brewing up in this man and it began to consume him. And we see in Genesis 32, he was running from, from his father-in-law who that relationship broke down with all the dysfunction and he got to the point where Jacob was like, I can't do it anymore, I'm out of here. And he left, he ran away. But as he ran away, he ran into Esau, his brother he was trying to hide from for all these years, who was out to kill him. And all of a sudden, Jacob realized, I, I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it anymore. It's the moment when dysfunction leads to desperation. Because all of a sudden you begin to realize it's broken behind me, there's brokenness before me, and I just can't escape it anymore. And we see this man in Genesis 32 when anxiety and fear just took over. And he was sending things ahead to, with his servants to, to his brother Esau to try to pacify Esau. Hey, here's all my gifts. I mean, he sold basically, he gave him basically all of his inheritance, everything he had. It's yours, Esau. Why? Because he believed it was the end. All his manipulation for his own happiness was getting to a boiling point. And he was broken, exhausted, tired of running from all the life stuff, hungry in the wilderness, stressed. He thought, this is done. Can I just side note, remind you guys? See, you know when temptation gets you? Temptation gets you. Satan works his best in the moments when you're stressed, tired, or hungry, or lonely. Those are the points in your life when you better be high alert because the devil is coming. And here Jacob was in that moment. But also know this. God's also pursuing him. And God's also pursuing you. And here he was in this moment. He was overwhelmed. He was beaten down all the problems and the Bible says in Genesis 32 that he just fell asleep he was exhausted 
all day long, he was trying to send things to his brother Esau to pacify him. And he was just emotionally, spiritually drained, and he just fell asleep. And in that moment, we see one of the most crazy, interesting, bizarre, awesome stories. When Jacob wrestled with God. The Bible says this angelic being came, and they wrestled all night long. And it was this power struggle back and forth. What's your name? I'm not going to tell you my name. And they're fighting back and forth. And finally at daybreak, the, 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 be, the angelic being touched his sock of his side and, and kind of gave Jacob a limp that he had for the rest of his life. And it was at this point with that final blow that Jacob got it. He got it. Genesis 32, 30. Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. You see, in this moment, Jacob the deceiver, this angelic being, God gave him a new name, Israel, meaning he struggles with God. What a great name for all of us, right? We struggle with God. And at the end of the struggle, in Genesis 32, verse 29, the Bible says that God blessed him there. You know what Jacob learned that day? In a world of happiness, I'm sorry, in a world where everybody's chasing happiness, we think happiness is found in our wealth or our power or position or self-confidence or prestige and we photoshop the 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 best versions of us to try to achieve perfection but yet we try to hide from all of our weaknesses and our failures and our perfections and it all goes back to the struggle of my will versus God's will and Jacob's story was a was a story of fear and anxiety and brokenness and dysfunction and vulnerabilities all being realized as he broke down in complete exhaustion and, and, and relentless pain that we see play out in all of our lives. Even Paul highlight, highlighted this in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 7, 5. Paul said that he has been harassed by, at every turn, that, there is, that he's found no rest and that there's conflicts every side of him and fears all consuming him. See, every one of us deals with the same thing. Anxiety, fear, brokenness. Anxiety, fear, brokenness, while we try to manipulate our own realities to achieve our own happiness. And it just builds upon dysfunction and dysfunction and dysfunction. Can I just tell you, you're not alone. You can read about every person in the Bible and you can see, boy, they dealt with it just like me. And everybody in this room can probably look around and say, they're dealing with it just like me. Don't look at it because you don't want to embarrass each other. But we're all in the same boat, guys. We're all there. But know this. God does not want to leave you in your trials. He does not want to leave you in your brokenness or your fear or your anxiety. But through the conflicts, we learn that God is there. He is fighting for you. Just like he was fighting for Jacob. But at some point, we need to face God. We need to face him. See, Jacob, in that moment, that wrestling match with God was all about the power struggle that he was going through in his whole life. The power struggle to manipulate his own happiness. 
to manipulate what he wanted in life, to manipulate what he wanted his reality to be. And all he realized was he brought brokenness and brokenness and brokenness into his world. And this power struggle came to an end when he realized something in that power struggle with God. That his happiness was not achieved by the world or anything that he tried to manipulate the world to be. Happiness was achieved through what God provided. Happiness was not the worldly inheritance that he received. There's happiness bigger than that. And emotional and relational healing begins, my friends, when we confront our failures, our sins, our hurt, and we face God. Until then, we'll always be in the struggling match. We all have to face God. We gotta stop struggling with him. Jacob confronted those things and faced God. He faced his struggles of fear and anxiety and he turned it to God. He wrestled with God because he wanted what he wanted. But God won. God says, your happiness is of me, not anything this world gives. Not anything in this world. And Jacob gave it over to him. And then when he did that, he found healing. The next morning he woke up and he was going to face Esau. And the Bible says he was still kind of afraid and nervous. I mean, it just doesn't happen. It's not like you wake up tomorrow like, oh, everything's great. It's a process, right? Well, he woke up and he still realized, I got to face Esau. You know, God's blessing does not mean you get out of the dysfunction you created. And he still had to go face his brother. And there he was walking. And the Bible says he sent other people before him. It's like, Jacob, you're a great man. Hey, you guys, go ahead of me. Here, you deal with Esau. You deal with Esau, right? He's trying to hide behind everybody else because he didn't want to face Esau. And the Bible says he kept bowing down, showing respect and humility. He was so afraid. This is it. This is it. I don't know what to do. And then in verse chapter 33, verse 4, the Bible says Esau saw his brother Jacob. And check this out. Esau ran to meet Jacob, and he embraced him, and he threw his arms around him, and he kissed him, and he loved him, and he hugged him, and they both just cried together, because in that moment, healing happened. But healing was not possible until Jacob faced God. And in that moment, everything changed. You see, real growth experiences always has to go through struggle and pain. I don't like struggle. I don't like pain. But through that, we grow. And all through that, we learn something that Jacob learned through his wrestling match with God. Though we may fight God and his will for, our, for us, in truth, God is very good. He's good. He's good. Don't you forget that. God is good. Close with this verse in Hebrews 10, 36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will, see, you will receive what he has promised. You see that? Persevere, my friends. Turn your struggles, your fears, your anxieties, what you think you want in life, give it to him. Face him. And you will receive what he has promised. The happiness, the joy that you're trying to obtain, it's in him because he is good. That's why each day we need to have a daily encounter with him. 
Just spend some time with him. Hang out with him. Face him. Be real with him. I encourage you right now, if you're not, if you don't uh, subscribe to Impact Pittsburgh on YouTube, subscribe to us because every week we provide devotionals and thoughts um, and, and you can go back and see these messages as a way to encounter God. But my friends, you need to hang out with him. Stop trying to manipulate what you want your life to be, what you think happiness is, because you're gonna be disappointed. Like Jacob, face God. Face him and give all your struggles to him and watch what he wants to do in your life. He will turn what you think is impossible with the dysfunction in your life, the anxiety that you feel, the fears that you have, the impossibilities that you think are there. He will turn them into possibilities. You think Jacob thought it was possible that Esau would come and embrace him like he did? No way. But it happened. It can happen for you too. Run towards God, not your will, and see what he has for you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you because you are good. And in this moment, Lord, we just turn to you. Lord, help us to experience you in a whole new way. Father, I know that there are people here right now watching online or in person that probably can say internally, Bill, this is me, my family, my, my relationships are just, it's a mess. And I've, I'm, I just live in fear and anxiety all the time. My world is so broken. I can't see the goodness that God may have for me. But Lord God, I just pray for them right now that you speak into their life. You came to Jacob even when he wasn't planning on you being there. Lord God, I ask for whoever that may be right now, if they can't see the ability, what your abilities are, I pray that you just intercede and just, and just come into their life the way you did for Jacob. They are just so overwhelmed with your goodness and they experience what you have for their life. Lord, I praise you and thank you because you are good. It's your name we pray. Amen.